Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Um, we have a very special guest today on Creative Habits Podcast. This person is an accomplished portrait photographer and artistic visionary, passionate about capturing faces and the most beautiful moments in people's lives. She studied photography at the Washington School of Photography, D.C. Uh, she specializes in doing professional headshots for actors and entertainers. Her success story can be credited to her fueled energy for photography, which has gotten her to photograph several published models. She takes pride in her job behind the camera and is passionate about picturing the beauty, strength, style, and enthusiasm of people. Today, we have the wonderful Lulu Washington. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. So um, give me a little background about your, your, your life and what got you into photography. Um, uh, well, I, I think I've always been an artistic individual, creative individual from as early as I can remember. Um, it's just sort of the environment that I was born into with uh, my family members and friends that were around me. I'm actually originally from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been in D.C. for the last two years now. So um, that upbringing, I think just the, the diverse scope of individuals that you're thrusted into in, in that environment, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like you can't help but gravitate towards some sort of art form. There's just such a melting pot there. And, you know, it, it was it was always something music or art or, you know, photography. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's how it started for me. What was the transition like moving from Toronto here? Um, you know, in a lot of ways, there are similarities and the differences you know, they haven't been too much of a cultural shock. Um, mm -hmm. Fortunately, I mean, I, I, I got married um, to my husband who's from D.C. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been great. His family has been all just like encompassing, welcoming. And uh, it's been a great transition, really. I can't I don't have any complaints. And in terms of photography, I've definitely connected with a lot of different artists and groups. So in that sense, I love how rich the artistic uh, community mm -hmm. is here. Um, that's been a wonderful, a wonderful gift to me, really, um, in moving here. I love that. Um, when people think of Washington, D.C., um, well, I'm a native Washington uh, Tonian, I guess if that's what they call it. And um, mm -hmm. they mostly think of like government and monuments and museums Correct. and stuff, but they don't really uh, see or understand that there's a really rich artistic community here, you know, with music, go-go, uh, the food, um, and it's a rich community with a lot of culture that, that's been here forever, basically. Right, right. I mean, look at all just the museums that we have access to. That was one of my first um, introductions. Mm -hmm. And it just grew from there, you know, just so many different um, 
uh, standpoints and art. And I've been loving it so far, for sure. That's great. So tell me about the time where you said, okay, I'm really going to pursue this passion. Like, when was the time you first picked up the camera, took a portrait, and was like, okay, this is me? Well, it was actually when I was in high school, um, many moons ago, without giving away too much. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I took, you know, I took film photography courses all through high school, all through college, always as elective, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think there was like with many artists that fear of, well, can I really make this into a career? I'm not sure. So I'll just keep taking electives because it makes me happy. You know, it gives me a sense of passion. But for me, I think the defining point um, was probably, I think it was probably sometime around high school where I was capturing murals mm. and um, I would find different viewpoints of showing these murals. And when I finally got to, this was during film and we would develop our own photos. When I saw these photos come to life, I said, this is exactly how I view things. Mm. And I love the fact that I can now share without words my viewpoint. Mm. And it just became like an addiction at that point, you know? So I think that was it. I love that. So what was the process from uh, photographing murals and, you know, different landscapes to transitioning to actual people? And was it a hard Um, process? Was it easy, difficult? I think um, if I think about younger Lulu and the way she uh, perceived her, you know, her photography, I think what kept me from photographing um, people was just uh, a fear of some sense, not Mm -hmm. thinking that maybe the photos would be good enough, looking at my peers, looking at my, uh, you know, um, role models and Mm -hmm. mentors and thinking that maybe I didn't have chops so to speak. And, you know, it just, it's about trying. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing with, with art, there's really no way, no right way to do it. You know, um, sure. You can get formal training in any, in any medium, but you put your stamp on it because that's what makes it your art, you know, mm-hmm. with your unique touch. So for me, um, it really just became about from going from murals to people, it was just friends. Mm-hmm. At first, you know, just my closest friends playing around, um, you know, just we I, in, in Toronto, we we were always outdoors. Um, we did a lot of like nature walks and conservatory walks. That's just kind of part of, you know, my upbringing there. And so that's when I bring my camera and move, always capturing landscapes and then capturing the friends that I was out there with, you know, hiking or cycling with. And it just started from there. Um And then I think also earlier on, I had a lot of, um, you know, background and connections in the music scene. I used to book bands when I was in college. Mm -hmm. So um, I started photographing these individuals as well. And that really sparked something because here you are playing an instrument or you're on the mic. And how can I freeze this moment in time? That was the process then. And that was the thought you know, behind all of that. And that's how it started, really. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I started photography as well in, in, in college. And um, 
I originally went to went to college for video production, but I picked up photography later. And um, Amazing. just the same story. I out with friends. I picked up my first camera and just started capturing everything. Everything that that looked interesting to the eye, I just started capturing it. And um, just creating these memories, you know, mm-hmm. that people can hold to hold on to forever. Just just the thought of that just is very important to me. Is that the same for you as well? It is. Um, as you were mentioning that, I actually just had a flashback even to when I was younger. My father always had cameras, but it, mm-hmm. his purpose for cameras was just to, you know, he him having family overseas. It was a way of keeping in touch prior to social media, mailing mm-hmm. pictures of your family. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, I, like record books of albums of our childhood, you know, photos and I would always grab his camera and try and replicate what he was doing, whether I was mimicking him or not. Mm-hmm. I think I showed a fascination even at that age. And what's strange now is my memory is really intertwined with the photos that mm-hmm. I've taken. You know, if someone tells me, like if a friend of mine tells me about some, I don't know, some event that we went to when, you know, two decades ago or whatever, I remember the photos. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I may not even remember the actual event or what happened there, but I always remember the photos that were taken. Mm. What inspires you? Oh, wow. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, my family, um, nature. Nature is just, you know, my um, time of peace and meditation and, the inspiration that comes from, I always, I always tell my husband, this is like God's art that we're almost, mm. you know, when we're in nature and like, this is the ultimate artist and artistry. So the inspiration that I derive from nature, it's, it's incomparable. It's always there. Um, I love faces. I love studying faces. Um, I love all sorts of faces. And that has always been a driving point for me. Um, and I love just, you know, the uniqueness of people and their individual individual personalities. I think that's what inspires me. I always try to get to know people through the camera. Mm. Yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> people in general, you know, you know, the old saying, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. And when you capture these images or paint these images or 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 you know if you're a musician people can when people on the outside look at that they bring up their own interpretation which makes art subjective you know what I mean right so what's what's your number one goal when creating art is there like an underlying message that I want to I want people to look at it this way or I want to capture this so people can bring up their own conclusions to it. Right. I want to be able to show the subject as they are. And mm-hmm. especially when it's a person, you know, she might be, have a beautiful face and what have you, but what's her goal ultimately? What mm-hmm. is she trying to, is she, you know, is she trying to land that leading role? What's her story? And I'm trying to show that as much as possible through a photo Mm-hmm. Whether it's a certain gaze, whether it's in the uniqueness of how she dresses, the way she does her hair, 
I'm just saying she because most of my subjects tend to be mm. <laughs> women. Mm. That's just what's happened so far. I, I can't really explain it. But um, yeah, that's that's what I try to, not who you think they are, but as they are. So, mm. yeah. Okay. okay. So what, becoming an, art, an artist or a photographer, especially, there's a lot of growing pains. Like when you have a certain idea or concept for a shoot um, mm-hmm. and you contact the model and the model counsels on you last minute. Oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, that definitely happens. So have you had like a lot of moments like that when you first started out? Or is it is it still same not today? So, not so much when I first started out, but mm. um, I think with the growth of social media, it's almost like there's been an oversaturation with you know photography, with mm. portrait, and in a way, it's good. It has its pros and its cons for sure. Mm. You know, there's definitely an interest in the art. There's definitely a proliferation now of images that we have access to, which I think is you know fantastic. But then there's this, well, are you just doing it for the likes or do you actually have a purpose to why you want your portrait taken? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, that's been, yeah, that's been definitely, I think every photographer gets these last minute cancellations, but that's why you collect a deposit (laughs) (laughs) always (laughs) to, you know, secure yourself. But yeah, um, it happens and, you know, you just have to, you just have to keep rolling, you know. I don't. I don't try and like stay with these shortcomings mm-hmm. that can that are just natural. These just happen. So okay. So what's your your process behind preparing for a shoot? Um, give me the the from A to Z. Like, do you plan it out in your mind first? Sketch it out. Make a storyboard. Like, what's what's the process? I do. I do definitely work with storyboards and mood boards. Um, one of my favorite shoots that I've ever done was actually in Calgary, Alberta, um, with a uh, a girl named Jalen Christine. She is part of the uh, Nia Aboriginal tribe, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. she's also a traditional dancer of that tribe. So I had collected her background just about you know her family, her upbringing, um, um, just you know her principles, goals, all that sort of thing. And we created a storyboard based on all of that and essentially captured these images of her in her traditional attire mm. in um, in um, some, it was actually, it was land that was deemed sacred by that tribe. Mm. We captured her on a landscape like that, a lot of wheat fields. And this was just a slow process in terms of listening to her story and gathering uh, different elements of, of images, you know? So that was, that was by far my favorite shoot just because of how magical the landscape was and just how she intertwined with that landscape. So yeah, that, that was part of, yeah, that was the process essentially. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm um, just taking just doing actual research instead of just going out there and just taking the photos. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely freestyled, so to speak with, you know, certain images that Mm -hmm. have come out and I'm like, wow. And then other times it's been a disaster and I just can't get it right that day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you throw it out, you throw it out the window and that's it. Um, But typically that is my process. And there have also been times when, 
I've gone in with the plan and we just chucked that whole plan out because <laughs> something else happened there, you know, especially photographing in nature and natural light. You don't <laughs> know what you're going to get, you know, <laughs> so... Yeah. So, so you work mostly with natural light? Do you have any outside uh, light sources as well? Um, I do mostly work with natural light, but I have done a lot of studio um, studio work lately. Mm. Um, I don't really have a preference in terms of what sort of outside light sources that I use. Um, it really is just about the image that I'm trying to capture at that point, point in mm. time or whatever the client has asked for. Um, but I do love natural light. There's something magical about the way natural light works with skin and Mm. what you can produce you know and then that's yeah that's a whole um medium that i really love working with so so do you prefer um when the sun is first rising or golden hour when the sun is about to set sunset yeah golden Mm -hmm. hour is my favorite time of day on just about any landscape i i've which you can go to <laughs> the grungiest abandoned building mm-hmm. and you have a sunset and it just changes the whole look, you know, of what you end up producing. Um, but you can also go to a beautiful beach and it's like epic, you know, mm-hmm. with what you end up um, taking. So, yeah. What is one thing about your photography venture that you didn't expect? Um, the expense, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a love hate relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, what am I going to do? I love what I do. So it's an investment. That's how I keep, that's how I keep myself uh, from feeling bad about my spending and photography equipment. I say it's an investment. It's an investment. And it has been, it really has been the body of work that I've produced and you have to have a love for it you know, in order to continue to invest in your, invest in your craft. Exactly. Um, there's always, uh, uh the latest camera every year, every year there's oh, a new camera yeah. or a, a new strobe or a new flash. And, yeah. um, what blows my mind is, um, when people reach out and they try to, um, give you the bare minimum, like the, the lowest of low, you know, uh, <laughs> of payments you know what I mean oh right it's like the price is the price I charge this much because I have to pay this Sony uh (laughs) three off you know what I mean right and I think that comes with the oversaturation of social media because Mm. now everybody this is the first time everyone has access to a camera essentially through their phone but what is it that you're doing with that and you can't you can't expect to produce the same image like I think they're on a on a mass level, there still isn't that understanding of what it takes to produce a certain image mm-hmm. versus a selfie on your phone or, you know, a vacation. So, yeah, I definitely feel your pain on <laughs> people <laughs> trying to haggle you about your prices, but don't give in. Yeah. Non-negotiable. <laughs> Gotta stay so, strong. Um, exactly. The, for me personally, the the newer like the, the the most recent cameras I try to try recently I've been trying to like stay away from those like I'm I've been trying to go older more film work um I just right. when I uh went to London I just uh purchased a Yashica Matt um oh. yeah so I'm I wanted familiar. Mm-hmm. right so um like you said with the the oversaturation of social media like 
um, I think is important to stand out when you use these different mediums, you know, the, use these different textures of films and stuff like that. Um, the, how do you stand out in this ocean of saturation? Um, for me, I definitely try to, especially when posting um, or in my portfolio, I try to put a mark on my style um, mm. and make it my own. And the, the truth is the most of it has been in post-processing. Mm-hmm. Um, the image itself, sometimes it's not always that way. Um, there have been images where I haven't touched at all and I like it exactly as it is because I was mm. able to capture that, you know, when I, when I took the camera, when I took the uh, photo itself. But post-processing is, is what I, is how I do my um, unique, you know, stamp on the, on the photo. And I definitely do not share my post-processing. I know a lot of uh, photographers have started to um, teach that, give that away as part of their, you know, as part of their services. Um, I have not. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, give away uh, my technique um, and any skills that I've acquired, but I haven't done that yet with post-processing. Maybe because I just am trying to hold on to um, my, my, process at that point without sharing it so you know yeah it's, it's important i have an aunt who makes like the best banana pudding but she has a secret recipe that she won't give anybody you know it's exactly. it's important to keep that you know <laughs> to your chest real close until you're ready to let it go you know what i mean exactly and then pass it on when the time's right so. yeah yeah <laughs> so um what's a common myth about being a photographer um, a common myth that it's easy. Mm-hmm. I think people think it's it's easy because I know that was one of my. There, throughout the last fifteen years, the amount of times I've given up and picked it up because it's just some. It's like a it's it's like a passionate love affair that you just cannot give up. You know mm-hmm. that's the way I I, I describe my uh, love for photography. I may step away for six months, a year, and then all of a sudden I find myself playing around one day because mm. there's uh, overcast and then there's sun in the distance. And I'm like, Oh, look at this. I, I got to pick up the camera. Um, but the common myth I think that I find is that it's people think it's easy. They really do. They think anyone can just do it. And then you get into it and you're like, Oh wow. There's just, I'm still learning. Like there's mm. so much technicality involved. And obviously with the constant, um, production of new technology mm. the possibilities are endless with what you can create so you're constantly learning and i think that's the beauty of it too but yeah that's that's the myth i find is, is people think that it's easy i can definitely agree i've been photographing for over maybe 10 to 15 years now and i still keep like little cue cards of exactly. you know <laughs> camera yeah, settings that i need you know yeah it's um, like the cheat codes of yeah, yeah 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 it's just too much to remember um speaking of, of of equipment what type of equipment do you prefer to use um well i fully transitioned to mirrorless cameras i think about last year um mm. olympus pretty much um, Olympus OMD, um, there, that's my go-to, um, my lenses range from, um, well, yeah, I have a standard F, uh, 25 milliliter all all the way up to 50, 
Mm. I also have uh, micro micro four third lenses, different specialties in those. So, you know, that's what I've been working with so far. In terms of lighting, I do not own any equipment. Mm. Um, I usually rent equipment or use studios, um, you know, equipment that are available to me. I may expand on that, <laughs> but it's going to be a slow process just mm. uh, just for the time being. But, you know. Yeah, just equipment in general. Um, a lot of these companies build up and um, what's the word I want to use? An anticipation of getting that new product. And then you look up one day and just have a house full of, of stuff that you don't use anymore, like lenses and, and flashes exactly. and strobes. And um, I often have to check myself like, okay, what you have is good. Don't go out and buy 20 Godox products. To, yeah. It, oh, my God. Yeah, and I used to have that problem with Godox as well. But, you know, it's just you don't need all of it. And you can, and that's, that's the thing, you can rent. You can always rent and try something out before you decide to make that purchase, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what 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 stops you from just grabbing all of the newest and latest equipment? <laughs> My husband. <laughs> the fact that we share a bank account because <laughs> you know that's that's the thing. He always says to me, "It's like most women we're out they're out here like shopping and you know do." I mean, it may be an unfair stereotype, but mm-hmm. the typical things that you would expect you know, um, someone my age to, to, to blow cash on. I'm not blowing it on that. It's always, it's always has to do with photography, whether it's a course mm-hmm. or an event or, you know, um, equipment, that's where my money goes. So really it's just about budgeting and not going crazy with it. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. We still need to keep a roof over our heads. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, have you had any like really, big challenges on just staying motivated? Um, yes. Not so much. I think it's just because it's a bigger, um, a bigger playing field here. But in the earlier days back in Toronto, I found that cause it's like a, it's like a small pond with a lot of big fishes in mm. Toronto. And so what I did find was the level of competition was so, it was so ugly. Mm. You know, um, I literally had like photographers, you know, maybe bad mouth me to the client or, you wow. know, things like that. Cattiness happened. Right. Especially because at that point I was trying to get into fashion photography, which is a whole nother beast in mm. itself. It's, it's highly competitive. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was a challenge. See, it had nothing to do with the art itself. It was mm. the industry, mm. you know, um, and trying to and formulate a career and just get gigs but that was a challenge um i think moving to a market where it's um just i think i think it's, it's almost like everybody can eat here you there's always someone who, who has a job and you're it's available and you don't get that much of uh you know the cattiness the, the cutthroat mm. stuff so yeah that's that's been the challenge and then has, there's been learning curves for sure. Um, you know, I, I, when mirrorless cameras first came out, I was just like enthralled by the technology and the images that could be produced. But learning mm-hmm. was, uh, it was just a whole different ballgame for me. And the technicalities, like I said, I'm still learning. I had a lot of cheat codes to begin with. One of my first mentors who's no longer with us, 
he had been using the Olympus um, system for 10 years at that point. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was like serendipity in terms of how we came together and how he taught me the system. And I've just, I've been addicted since. Um, I know everybody loves Sony. That's like, you <laughs> that's know, the me. big, <laughs> that's you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some, I don't know, there's just something, I love Sony, don't get me wrong, and I've played around with Sony cameras forever, but I'm sticking with Olympus, it's just, Mm. also, it's the size, my hands are very small, (laughs) so (laughs) it's having the compact camera in your hands, but Mm. still being able to produce the image that I want, I think that's what it's, the ergonomics of that camera that Mm. I like, so Mm. it's probably why I haven't moved away from it yet. That's um, amazing. Um, what's one piece in it of advice you would like to give someone who wants to pursue a career in photography? Oh, wow. Hmm. I mean, for me, I would say that it's kind of cliche, but practice makes perfect and I don't Mm. think there's ever a level of perfection that you can reach but as long as you're content with the image that you've produced then that's all that matters but don't you've got to give it some time every day or every you know week it's just about honing your craft you know Mm. you don't you don't give up on it and it um I think that's that's the key keep taking pictures as much as you can and of anything it could be you know your salt and pepper shakers on your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep taking pictures, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Um, we're near the end of the episode. Um, but we Already? Like, wow. Yeah, I know. I wish we could <laughs> talk more, but... Um, that was quick. We like to uh, play a little game with our guests called This or That. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> I don't know if you heard of it, but... Um, I will give you um, two questions, but you can only choose one answer and the whole world depends on your answer. Oh my goodness. The pressure. Okay. (laughs) Ready? (laughs) All right. All right. First one is pancakes or waffles? Oh, pancakes. Why? (laughs) Um, They're fluffy. They're yummy. Maple syrup. It's just comfort food. Yeah. <laughs> comfort food yeah i like that i don't know i'm more of a waffle guy because you have the the, mm-hmm. the the little divots that you pour the syrup in and they're like little cups yes. to hold syrup it's, it's amazing yes. yeah <laughs> all right um the next question puppies or kittens oh puppies all the way mm. um yeah they're just all they want is love and attention you know mm-hmm. whereas cats are sort of temperamental <laughs> so you never know what you're gonna get Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Photoshop or Lightroom? Oh, that's hard because I use both. Photoshop just keeps blowing me away, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially with these tutorials that you find on on uh, YouTube. And, uh, it, it, it seems like it's just a cornucopia of like anything you want to do, you could do with Photoshop. So. I do. I would say Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. I like photo Photoshop, but there's like too many things you have to remember when editing. Oh, so Lightroom <laughs> is a lot easier for me just personally. Yeah. Do you know, I've actually started recording my um, editing so that I don't forget what oh, I did with a certain image. That's a smart yeah. idea. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, that's helped. So, okay. but I know what you mean. Um, studio or outside in the in the landscape? Um, outside for me, mm-hmm. but I love studio. That's a that's a tough decision because as I as I have. Um, grown into being comfortable with studio, I really, I'm really starting to love it. You know, I just love the fact that you could create whatever you want in one mm. room. Mm. You know, yeah. But nature, I'm still gonna go with nature first. <laughs> uh, I can agree with you right there. Um, so I had one more, one more. Um, <laughs> Toronto or DC? Oh, don't make me do that. <laughs> I can't. I always have to go with my hometown first. That's where my heart is. Always where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Although this is my second home with uh, uh, a new family, so it's it's been wonderful. I, I've I have been. This is what people hope for when they move to a new place: is that mm-hmm. you'll be embraced, mm-hmm. that you'll find love, you'll find your tribe, and I've definitely found all of that here. So this is home away from home. So does Toronto like have any like staple foods? Cause you know, here we got chicken and mumbo, you know, I carry out sort of thing. Like what's, what's the staple food in Toronto? Well, the national dish is poutine, which is fries, French fries with gravy and mm. cheese. And sometimes with you gravy? can throw yeah gravy and cheese mm. and you can throw bacon on there, Canadian bacon on there mm. uh, if you want. But the purists will say no bacon, just, you know, <laughs> fries, uh, gravy and cheese but that's that's the national dish and then yeah that's, i mean there's just there's a huge food scene there like mm. mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah i would it's, love it's to great. i would love to visit sometimes so. oh yeah i definitely recommend it but go in the spring or summer avoid winter at all costs <laughs> Absolutely. So how can people um, get in contact with you, maybe view your work? Is there a website, Instagram or anything? Give yeah. us your socials. Well, right now, website is down, but you can still contact me through um, Instagram. I'm heavily on uh, Instagram. So it's at Lulu, L-U-L-U-S underscore lens, Lulu's lens. So, Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you again. Uh, I feel like I've been following you for years. Um, I watched your your growth and just seeing the the development of your images, and they're so beautiful. And I hope. Oh, thank you. And I likewise. I've been following you as well. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So I won't take up too much of your time. I enjoy you uh, this conversation, and, and thanks. Thank you. Take care. All right. Have a good one. You too.